0: Here comes the money. Here we go, money talk. Here comes the money, 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 money. dollar, dollar, I mean, I dollar, dollar, chain, chain,
1: bling, bling, a tatter. You ain't talking money, then you're talking no matter. Welcome everybody to a special edition of the backdoor cover. We are going to cover nothing but NFL this week in this particular episode Um, NFL from a gambling uh, perspective. So we're not going to get too much into X's and O's and and, and roster detail, but we will talk about what we like as far as healthy trends, unhealthy trends on teams and uh, focus on how we can profit in this COVID era of the NFL. So I am going to host today um IBS Yeezus and with me is the usual host, but now he's the co-host, one and only Keith Fleming. How you doing, Keith? What's up? Hey man, um I just letting you know don't get too comfortable in that seat because you are the host. But for this <laughs> particular segment, um I will take the lead. Um so looking over the COVID 19 things for the NFL um, there are a couple of things that we probably want to pay attention to, and some of that is how the NFL is going to handle COVID-positive tests going forward. Um, when I looked at it, I, just a, a quick overview from what I understand, if somebody tests positive or, or they're suspected of testing positive, are they going to do a 10-day uh, quarantine? Or oh, if suspected positive as 10 days, too? Yeah, it's it's, it's not clear to me. Um, Honestly and what I was hoping to do Is to sell people on Tuning into our show on Sunday uh, When we do the actual NFL show And then by then I'll definitely have A a definitive answer Because I typically go over NFL policies Anyway just to kind of better understand uh, What the players are are going through But I've seen Like things from like Sporting news uh, SI.com Like articles of people saying that it It's if somebody comes in contact, or if somebody suspected of being positive, but then I've seen um, tweets from from guys like Adam who are saying that you know it's pretty definite, like you have to be positive. So I just want to make sure I get it cleared. I did not check NFL.com, which would have been the easiest resource, <laughs> but I was I was on on government time, so I can't I can't be all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> Probably procting the it team to be like what are you looking at <laughs> so um so uh, when i do get that time uh, as the days go on um i will be looking into that a little bit more in depth but just keep in mind everybody um i'm going to give you the same warning i was giving people when we did soccer when we did baseball when we did basketball um there is no bubble for nfl so there are going to be positive tests it is inevitable how, how would you have- said about major league baseball Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm still shocked, at base, but baseball had to kind of adopt some form of a quarantine like uh, playbook because ori- originally they didn't have anything. They were leaving it up to the teams, and that completely blew up in their face within a week. So um, the NFL has acted accordingly uh, to the few people who have tried to be, uh, I guess, boundary testers. Um, and people are scared, man, because they'll flat out cut you, and, and we know how the NFL contracts work. Some of them people just won't get any money uh, If they get cut So I don't expect it to get too too crazy Um, But just in general man Everyday life I mean these people are going back home to their families And things like that It's inevitable Somebody will test positive Um, Just know that That is going to affect your daily fantasy uh, lineups It's going to affect your actual full-time fantasy lineups And it will definitely affect your gambling so
0: and the seasons because uh, we know in the nfl one game can you know yeah. be the difference between making the playoffs home field advantage all that stuff yeah so
1: just do the best that you can man um my rule of thumb during this COVID era is that i typically wait as close to game time as i possibly can um with football it might be a little different because the lines will move uh, back and forth but i mean sharps are Just as hesitant as as, uh, the everyday people like myself are So I don't expect to see a whole lot of early line movement um, Or the kind of historical line movement that we see on on certain um, games Depending on travel, uh, if cities are hot spots There'll be certain areas where fans will be allowed There'll be certain areas where fans won't be allowed So there's so many different variables I expect money to come in slower this year but, you know, just keep in mind, man, like it's not safe until the ball is kicked off. We've had we've had people in in the NBA bubble get uh, kicked off of the lineups literally minutes before tip off. And um, luckily, it's, it hasn't been any superstars. But I think it was Daniel House the other night got scratched and it was maybe an hour before tip and. He's a key player for the for the Rockets right now um, in their rotation. So it, it did affect the game somewhat, like the over-under. So, just, like I said, just take your time. Everybody be patient. Um, find people to follow on Twitter that are beat writers and reliable sources. And uh, just keep an eye out. Um, at some point, the NFL will probably try to adopt what Oklahoma adopted and say that they don't want to give out certain information about COVID tests because it's a competitive advantage. If that happens, um, I'll probably figure out a way and, and get you guys the information on the show on how we go about handling that. But that is, that is again, <laughs> these are these are different times. They're barriers um, that really play a big role in, in um, how we pick our, you know, our game. So let's be hesitant. Uh, let's be cautious and then be vigilant. And uh, with that being said, let's jump into our... Let's do this. 2020 2020 COVID-19 uh, NFL uh, Gambling preview so um, We'll start we'll go about Divisions because it'll be a little bit quicker um, And we will start with the AFC East which isn't the most Popular division in um, Our group but it's probably One of the more popular divisions um, In America primarily Because of the New England Patriots Everybody um, loves the winner Everybody loves the winner so I think we both agree that you know, just, just off of face value, Patriot. I think the Patriots are still going to win the division off of face value, uh, primarily because
0: Bill is still Bill And wow. need- death taxes and the Patriots winning the East. You can pretty much pencil that in. Yeah, and you know as well as death
1: taxes and the Patriots covering the spread. <laughs> I mean, for real. No, uh, to- so in. 2016 they were 15 3 and 1 against the spread 2017 11 7 and 1 against the spread 2018 12 and 7 against the spread and then for some reason death taxes uh came and then also some decline on the patriots in 2019 they were 9 and 8 against the spread and i will admit i faded them a few times and, and, and found some profit but a lot of that had to do with you know Brady being on his way out and some other things that was going on apparently in the franchise. But here we are, new season, new quarterback Cam Newton, uh, new players here and there around the offense. A lot, a lot of unknowns in this in this uh,
0: program. Key
1: but, losses on
0: defense.
1: Yeah, key losses on defense. Obviously, like I said, Brady's not there. Hell, I don't even think they got the kicker anymore. Yeah, Gostowski is gone. But what we're banking on, or what I'm banking on, is that the Patriots will still find a way to win in a division that finds a way to lose games against the Patriots more so than they do to uh, beat the Patriots. So uh, with that being said, they open up at home against Miami. Um, New England will not have fans for their first two home games at Foxborough. So their first two home games is um, September 13th against Miami, and then September 27th against um, the Las Vegas Raiders. So I don't really know where to start in regards to expectations for the Patriots, because I feel like we're we're all we're all like over anxious. We're all we're all prone to to respect the Patriots. Because of what we've seen in the past. and i I think I'm on record on some of our uh, pregame shows last season, just sticking to my gun and saying F the Patriots I'm not afraid <laughs> of them. they don't they don't get they don't get to to have these 10, 12, 14, seventeen point um, spreads without facing some kind of uh, resistance. And so what do you think the competitive advantage from a gambling standpoint would be? for the Patriots in your eyes?
0: Well, I mean, obviously for starters, you have Bill Belichick. So I think from, you know, most things I've read, the defensive side of the ball is where most people believe, at least experts, the playbooks aren't going to be as thick. You're going to have, you know, not as much prep time. Obviously you don't have preseason, not quite the practices. And again, if it's something where the coaching is going to make even a bigger difference I'm always going to give Bill Belichick, you know, the edge in those situations. You talked about the spreads. I think we're going to find this year that the Patriots are not going to be heavy favorites in a ton of games. But they're still going to be really good. It needs to be said that Josh McDaniels ran the offense with Tim Tebow. He had Tim Tebow go, what, 9-7, and 8-8 eight and eight that year. Cam Newton is a much better quarterback. I'll even take this version of Cam Newton without knowing the injury status, if he's going to be healthy, you know, the full year over Tebow. They have not been able to do a lot of things on offense the last few years. I think McDaniels would probably like to because of the limitations of Tom Brady, because of, A, you know, just his age. They're worried about, you know, the last couple of seasons, he's been a little bit quicker to get rid of the ball, less likely to take big hits. And, you know, I'm sure he's looked around at the rest of the NFL, teams like the Ravens, the Chiefs, doing all this cool, innovative stuff. And he wasn't able to do that because, I mean, if you have a quarterback like Tom Brady, and obviously the key is keeping him healthy to go into the postseason, you're not going to do things that, you know, could potentially get him injured or or is going to upset him. And I think they're going to be a lot more free and open of an offense. Cam Newton, in a lot of ways, is probably a you know a project that both bill belichick and josh mcdaniels are very excited about and i know their offensive weapons are not you know anything to, to write home about but i think cam newton will actually strengthen those guys i could see guys like james white julian edelman newton was always the kind of guy that he both likes to hit those little short passes or you know running backs slants tight ends and also has the ability to throw down the field where we'll get to find out if, you know, Neil Harry and some of these other young guys that they got are actually true deep threats. And then, you know, most importantly, again, is just Belichick is going to find a way to win games. And I believe this year you're not going to have to give all the points you have in the past years. And I do believe the bills are a legitimate threat to them, but I'm just not sold on Josh Allen yet enough to say that they can overtake the Pat's. You know, to win the AFC East. So I I actually think there's going to be more betting opportunities for the Patriots this year because people are probably going to overlook them, particularly early in the season. And finally, just this is a big year for Bill Belichick's legacy, which I know sounds crazy for, you know, a coach that's won what? Five Super Bowl rings or is it six? I, I lose count. They have so many because this is a year without Brady. And if you look at Belichick's past, he had the Matt Castle season. I believe it was in 09 where they went 11 and 5. They missed the playoffs. They had that great start where I believe they went 3 and 1 or 4 and 0 with Jimmy Garoppolo uh, when Brady was suspended for Bounty Gate. He's proven in the past he can win without Brady, but this is going to be the year that's really going to mean a lot to Belichick's legacy because if they go 12 and 4, 11 and 5 with these losses on defense, you know, losing their star quarterback, a lot of people are doubting him. It's just only going to enhance Belichick as the person that maybe deserves a little bit more credit than Brady does. And that's why from the get-go, I didn't understand the people that were saying you know, the Patriots might tank for Trevor Lawrence. This is Bill Belichick, man. He wants to go out and prove that he is the greatest coach of all time and he can win with anybody. And I think him and some of the guys on the coaching staff are looking forward to this opportunity. Yeah,
1: I um I agree on that standpoint. There's definitely motivation for Bill this year, and again, we're not trying to spend too much time on on a lot of teams, but the Patriots are such a mainstream team, like you you have to cover some of these things. Um, and they also are one of the few organizations that I feel like play the numbers and know the numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, Craft Craft is pretty hands on with with the the gambling aspect, like he understands how this thing works. So um, and Bill is petty, so. I wouldn't doubt that he doesn't have an idea of what the spread is in a lot of these games. And sometimes they do get a little disrespectful to the Patriots in, in the last year or so. So um, they're definitely going to be motivated to get things done. Um, one of the things I think you had said um, is just the trust <laughs> issue. And I think you're accurate on that. Like, it's hard to to really trust the Bills um and and the dolphins to to live up to expectations i mean if there was any year where the patriots were vulnerable this would definitely be the year um i'm not 100 percent sold on cam and i went and looked back at last year um in 2019 the under hit 62 percent of the time uh in patriots games and that would be my angle for a lot of their games this year. I think they're going to do more possession-controlled, um, methodical
0: drives.
1: Uh, they might do a little bit more running than where we're used to seeing. A lot more but like, like the
0: early uh, Brady years. Yeah, I think they're going to want to do more
1: possession-based um, um, football. And one of the things that I know off the top of my head, because I was going to use this for our Patriot preview, which I never got around to, they were one of the best red zone defenses last year. Um, and I know for a fact that when it comes to the Patriots defensive philosophy, what Bill tends to do is bend but don't break. They'll give yards. Uh, it's not the prettiest statistically on passing defense and rushing defense, but you don't score on them. Um, and if you do score, you really have to work for it. And because of that, I think that looking at taking unders a lot of, in a lot of their games this year, is going to be uh, an angle. Now, for Sunday, they are six-and-a-half-point favorites against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Miami Dolphins announced that they will be starting Ryan Fitzpatrick or Fitzmagic, depending on who you're talking to.
0: But actually has a decent history against the Pats.
1: Yeah, and he does, actually, um, which is an angle that I think is healthy and should be respected. Um, Patriots are regular season wins right now. Sitting at nine games, which is probably the lowest it's been in the last twenty years. <laughs> uh, Seriously, they're sitting, they're sitting at nine games, and it's plus one twenty if you take the over, um, and the under is minus one fifty. So, I like that. Over. I mean, they're they're actually expecting them not to to win more than nine games. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, looking at the schedule. Uh, Home against Miami, uh, away at Seattle, which is going to be coast to coast. That's going to probably be a loss at Seattle. Um, They go to Las Vegas after that, and then they go to Kansas City. So I'm looking at them starting at best two and two in their first four. Um, Then from Kansas City, they come back home and they have Denver. They get a bye week. Then they get San Francisco visiting. Then they go at Buffalo, at the Jets home against Baltimore, uh, at Houston, and then home against Arizona. And then there's three straight road games at the Los Angeles Chargers, at the Los Angeles Rams, and then they fly back across the coast to a place where they don't play well at, at Miami. And then they end at home with Buffalo and the Jets. So I think a lot of that, of of the nine and, and, and that particular number, it's pretty accurate if you think about it, because again, I got them losing at Seattle, at Kansas City. Um, definitely one of those Chargers, Rams, or Miami games. One of those three. That's three losses right there. Um, they'll probably lose at Buffalo that that first um, game too, because they're going to be coming from Sam, like playing San Francisco, and then having to travel to Buffalo, a place where they historically haven't played well that either. So, I mean, just off the top of my head, I could see where there could be a potential for five losses. And that's with the mindset of this is the old Patriots, you know. So it's 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 a variable. It's a it's a difficult season to cap for the New England Patriots. But just going off of Sunday, hosting Miami six and a half uh, favorite. What do you think about that game?
0: I would probably take the – what's the over-under? I'd probably stay away from the the betting line and look more at the over-under. So the over-under is 43-and-a-half right now. Yeah, I'd probably take the under with Fitzpatrick and Newton. Uh, I think Miami's defense is actually supposed to be a little bit better this year, correct? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I would probably take the under. They put enough money into it, but yeah. That's true, yeah. Uh, so that I would probably look at that instead of the spread. Six and a half, you know, you just don't know so much about what the Pats are going to be this year.
1: So last year when they when they went to Miami, the over-under was 48. They beat them 43 to nothing. That was the second game of the season. Miami definitely was out of it. That was the round game. Yeah, so the second to last game, uh, the over-under was at 46. Miami came to um, New England. And they lost 24-27, so over overhit, but the spread was 17 and Miami easily covered that. And that was with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, again, that's just one of those things just to keep in mind for next year or for this season. Fitzpatrick usually does do well um, against, the, uh, against the Patriots. He actually plays pretty well at the beginning of each season. I don't know mm-hmm. if you follow him, but, like, I, I think story, yeah. Historically, he's been very uh, reliable. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the touchdown and say that the Dolphins probably lose by a field goal or get lucky enough to win. But I'm I'm not gonna trust the Patriots to cover a touchdown spread. Week one, hosting a division rival, somebody that would be very motivated. Um, and then, given the lack of practice time um, that a lot of teams have had and, and the issues that they've had. The Dolphins are essentially returning people familiar with the system, and then the Patriots are basically implementing something new. You would think with uh, Cam Newton, so I mean, on both I'm, sides of the ball. Yeah, so I'm gonna lean. I'm gonna lean to the Dolphins covering at least a touchdown. Let me get the hook and get the plus seven. Um, if you're lucky enough to just wait around and, and it goes up to seven, I would take seven and a half. I really don't think that the Patriots are gonna win by more than a touchdown. Um, so again, Patriots overview angle would be looking at a lot of unders this year for them and then for Sunday I think I think we're going to get a, a Dolphins cover and what
0: did you go with Keith I would take the under but I would definitely if you're getting plus odds on the over under win total again until the the Patriots show me otherwise I mean they've won 10 games every year for two yeah. decades including with Matt Castle I'm taking that bet
1: yeah, and, and again, the, the hesitation would be A couple of the East Coast, West Coast travel games But other than that, they could squeeze 10 out of this division for sure Um, So, speeding up, because again, we did spend a lot of time on it But the Patriots are a popular team uh, The next team that everybody likes to talk about is the Buffalo Bills uh, The Buffalo Bills last year were one of my some time-y teams And and mostly because of their offense And lack thereof of offense um, Against the spread Last year they were 9-7-1 and one, So that's not too awful um, And as far As their over-unders A lot of unders man A lot of unders There's 1-2-3-4-5-6-7-8-9-10-11-12 13 unders Last year 13 unders. Uh, So again That's going to be a trend that you're going to see in this division I could tell you off top People don't really talk about the AFC East defenses like that But especially between the uh, Patriots and the Bills They don't allow people to score And they struggled to score last year So if you get 13 out of 16 unders That would be a healthy ass trend And um, (laughs) I can tell you that We definitely hit that a lot last year um, on my end. And um, I would expect that to probably stay the same. And that's primarily because I love Josh Allen, man. That's my guy. I, I was hype on him when he was in Wyoming. I was hype on him when he came back. I like quarterbacks with big arms, but he's not very accurate. And that can be a problem. It can disrupt rhythm. It can leave a lot of points on the board. Case in point, Dak Prescott lacked deep accuracy for probably two or three years, and the Cowboys' offense routinely struggled to put points on the board. The minute the kid started hitting his deep passes, regardless of the play calling, the minute he started completing those deep passes, they moved up to a top-five offense, scoring and overall production. Like, it really matters. If you get three or four shots a game and you only hit one, you're essentially leaving at least two touchdowns on the board, you know? So um, everything plays differently. Um, I will say for DFS people, I'm a huge Singletary fan. I'm not sure how they're going to use him this year or or what their plan is for him. I would hope that it would be for him to be the starter. But he was so nasty in his yards per carry and and just overall production last year uh, in spurts that he got to play. I would feel like he has to be a focal point. Um, Are you optimistic
0: on the Bills? I I am. They've made some really interesting moves. And again, if I had more faith in Josh Allen and just the franchise as a whole, I would be picking them to win the AFC East. I don't know if, you know, Diggs is the greatest fit with Josh Allen, but he's definitely got talent. He's going to extend the defense more, opening up more running lanes. Uh, Singletary, I think, is going to have a good year fantasy wise. I also really like the back that they drafted Zach Moss, who they say is probably going to be more of the goal line back and is probably a better all around blocker. So I do worry that that's going to be a two headed monster for you know fantasy purposes, and it could be a week to week or matchup to matchup deal. But the main thing I love about the Bills, again, we talked about how you know there hasn't been as much prep, there hasn't been a preseason. They are returning nine starters on offense and defense. That's going to help. I mean, that's going to allow them to have that continuity. They're going to have some you know, familiar, familiarity with each other. And, you know, I could see the Bills really being a breakout team. Uh, and it's just going to really probably depend on Josh Allen, or they're going to just have to do what they should be, you know, well-equipped to do is use that big offensive line, use that great defense, and run the football.
1: I am not a Sean McDermott fan I don't like him at all as a coach I've constantly hated on him um, But uh, If there's any year that he should get it done It should be this year but It's hard to say I will say that I typically like the Bills um, Against bad teams for sure um, With Because last year They had a lot of small spreads and Primarily because of their offense But my angle typically with Buffalo teams uh, or with the Bills last year Was if they were playing a team That wasn't necessarily that good And the spread was was really low For example, week two against the Giants They were a um, one-point favorite And they beat the Giants 28-14 I'll take, I'll take a chance on that um, any day You know, you got a, a team with a really, really good defense Against a team that is just not really clicking at all And that would be my angle looking at the Bills games is that defense travels. We know they travel. If Even when they had zero offense, the defense would show up and, and help them in games like a couple years ago when they upset the Vikings. Like, literally, the defense did all the work. So you can depend on that defense. They they get turnovers. They, they play aggressive. They are a game-changing type of defense, and I think that shows in the fact that they keep, keep teams under, keep the point totals under, And then they create turnovers as well, which helps a a static offense um, and allows them to get totals of like 31, 37, 26, things like that. When under normal circumstances, they're probably really a 17 to 19 score offense on their best day. So um, Diggs should help out a little bit. But again, we're talking about a quarterback who struggles with accuracy. So don't get too crazy with over-unders or taking overs on Bills games until you can really be for sure that things have changed for them. Again, last year, 13 out of 16 games went under, a healthy trend that should continue, as uh, Keith pointed out, of a team returning a ton of starters on both sides of the ball. Um, Their season total is at nine. And I would say, judging by the odds, they're expected to get over nine. Over nine would be uh, minus 145. Under nine would be plus 115. I think you can pencil this team in to get at least ten wins.
0: What do you think? I, I would probably stay away from that bet. Mm-hmm. Um and I would, you know, more look at, you know, betting on them week to week. Uh, like what you're saying, especially if they're playing an inferior opponent, uh, particularly with I think they really dominate on defense against teams with bad quarterback play. And, you know, they're going to be playing the Dolphins twice. We'll see how much Sam Darnold's improved. They're going to be playing the Jets twice. Those are the kind of matchups I will be looking for for the Bills. And
1: this weekend, they've got the Jets. Uh, They host the Jets. Uh, They're six-and-a-half-point favorites. They're hosting the Jets. Um, The over-under is at 39-and-a-half. I like the Bills to cover here because, just like you said, against bad quarterbacks. I mean, Darnold's not awful, but he's – He's prone to turn the ball over and this is a defense especially when they're at home that really clamps down on people um, and again returning so many starters like there's not going to be a whole lot of transition. Um, they just paid they just paid uh, their their shutdown DB so people are gonna play a little bit more loose they've got high expectations and it's a division game so I don't expect them to be lulled to sleep. Um, they're gonna want to beat the Jets because they hate the jets. Um, the Let Jets
0: also to... lost three offensive linemen, two receivers, and a running back. So, I mean, we talked about continuity. The Jets are a new team with a young quarterback. That's not a good matchup against a good defense. Yeah,
1: and just to show you how things have changed, last year they were at New York um, playing the Jets. In week one, they were two-point underdogs they covered. And then in week, in week what, 16, I guess?
0: They, they were, were huge favorites. I remember this one
1: They were actually one point underdogs again. Were, they were they really? One, yeah, against the Jets That was the Dolphins I was thinking they, now, because I
0: remember they were a big favorite late in one of
1: their games And they lost So um, obviously the current history on them covering the spread isn't that good But this is a new season And they, yeah, the Jets The Jets don't have much going for them right now And it, it shouldn't be a problem With them covering at least the touchdown starting out Now, I could be being overzealous. I am known to do that sometimes with some of these teams that get a lot of preseason hype. But I at least believe in this particular game that they should be okay to cover. Um, So the angle again, Buffalo Bills, we're looking at a team that last year, 13 out of 16 games went under. I think that's a safe play to stay there. And then you were talking about um, also probably following that and then looking at them to cover week to week on on really – small spreads against poor teams yep okay all right so um we both are not very high on the jets or the dolphins i am a little bit more the dolphins i was gonna say i'm excited about yeah
0: Tua gets going the dolphins are gonna be fun to
1: watch yeah the dolphins are my like big wait and see team i have nothing positive to say about the new york jets um i mean honestly i don't know what else you would want to like they're just not a team you can trust to really play well um, or play hard. I don't like Adam Gase. I don't think the team likes Adam Gase. Uh, there's a lot of dysfunction in the offseason. I would stay away from every Jets game unless you're fading them. Okay,
0: uh, that and would be and all their players in fantasy.
1: Yeah, and and somewhere in the background, Corey's gonna probably listen to this one part and, and scream, "Yes, we don't bet on poor teams," <laughs> which is true. <laughs> it's it's uh, a life lesson that you sometimes learn the hard way. Now. With the Dolphins, they were nine and seven against the spread last year, and they had a
0: lot of crazy
1: spreads. They also yeah, had won five. like
0: four of their last five games or something, too. Yeah, right? they,
1: they did. Uh, or it was uh, three out of the last five, but um, they lost their first like six, and they lost by a ton. Um, one of the worst defenses statistically in a long time gave up like thirty points a game. It was just a hot mess. Flores kind of turned the team around. Um, ended the season with two wins against Cincinnati and then against the new England Patriots as a 17 point underdog, which I think is what won a lot of people over Spent a lot of money this off season. Again, we won't spend a ton of time on them, but I really like the energy that they're bringing to the table. I think again, week one that they probably do cover against the, uh, against the Patriots in new England. Um, just off the strength of the Patriots just kind of going through this transition. Now, again, it, it could be that the transition doesn't matter and we get the same old dolphins, but I, I don't feel like that's where we're going to get the very first week um, with an opponent that they're all too familiar with. Um, and then, like I said, the, the energy that Flores has put into that team. Uh, do you see the dolphins um, doing anything
0: overly impressive this season? Not until – like I said, I'm just in wait-and-see mode. I'm ready to see when Tua is going to start. I actually think Tua has a chance to be the best quarterback in this draft, and I'm very high on Joe Burrow. I think he's going to be a great young talent, but I think people kind of forgot how good Tua was. And I just think this is a great landing spot for him in Miami. It's a young team, got a young coach – Uh, And, you know, if he's fully healthy and gets back playing this year, I do think you add him to their, you know, they have a pretty good young receiving core. They've gotten better at running back by signing Jordan Howard and Matt Breda. Their offensive line's a little better. They spent a ton of money on defense. They're a team that I would look at to a start, say, the middle of the season or near the back half of it. That's when I'd start, you know, maybe starting to look to play some, you know, week to week bets on them because I think, kind of like last year, they're going to surprise some people down the stretch. Yeah. So they're predicted at six and a half wins. Uh, The over
1: six and a half is minus 140, and then the under is plus 110. Last year, despite all the crazy stuff that happened, they won five games. Um, Obviously, Three of those last. uh, The front office was
0: trying to tank, and the team just couldn't let her, basically.
1: Yeah, and three of the last five were won um, within, like, basically after Thanksgiving, uh, which is something to keep in mind. Now, I will say, looking at the schedule, um, and we'll we'll just run through this real quick, um, it is a little concerning uh, just based off of the travel of some of their games. Uh, They're at New England, then they have a home game against Buffalo, then they're at Jacksonville, then they have a home game against Seattle, and then they fly across uh, the West Coast. They go to San Francisco and to Denver, two tough places to play, one, because you're traveling from Miami to San Francisco, um, and then you have to go to Mile High, which is always tough to play for any team. Um, And then they go home for the Chargers and the Rams, and then they have to fly back out to arizona uh, which is also a relatively difficult place to play from time to time depending on the team and then they host the jets they have a bye week then they go to new york and play the jets uh, which is going to be interesting um i've never seen that before but um they also host cincinnati they host kansas city then they host new england and then they fly to las vegas to take on the raiders and then they go back across to the East Coast to end the year at Buffalo. So there's some travel issues there, um, which might come up. And then the fact that I would say a lot of
0: their road games are, are pretty tough. Well, but that was something I was going to ask you. because We didn't discuss this at the top. I mean, the NBA has proven that home court is basically nothing right now if they're doing 20, 25%, whatever it is of the crowds in some of the stadiums, I got to believe home field's not going to be nearly the advantage that it normally is. And I'm interested to see how Vegas adjusts their lines because going to Seattle, you know, going to Kansas city, going to these places, I don't think you're going to automatically get a big advantage from the home crowd that you normally do. I think
1: a lot of the NFL factored in, um, Equation as far as the spread goes is more due with the distance travel and the time zone changes than it is like the crowd. I think in college the crowd definitely matters a lot more um, for a lot of venues. In the NFL, I mean, some of these people don't even show up to games like Jacksonville. Like San Francisco flying to Jacksonville is is only a scare because you're going from San Francisco thousands of miles across the way to uh another time zone on the east coast to play jacksonville and typically you you've just played like the seahawks or the or the cardinals or the rams like a division opponent who's beat you up pretty bad and you gotta go over here to this what i would consider a trap game just because of the distance travel not necessarily because of the uh, crowds um one thing i wanted to point out to people too Uh, that I did not mention um, when factoring in these uh, win totals, the New England Patriots, by strength of schedule based on opponents' win percentage, have the strongest schedule. uh, Like their opponents' win percentage of last year totaled is 53%, 53. 53.7% actually. So that would put them as number one. The Miami Dolphins don't catch a break. They're at 52.9%. So in all honesty... If you look at this entire division, strength of schedule, Patriots are first, Jets are second, Dolphins are third, and the Bills are sixth. So they didn't get any luxury when the, with the AFC East as far as their strength of schedule. If you go off the winning percentage of their opponents last year, it's not going to be easy. So um, I thought I might want to throw that in there for people just in case they wanted to get happy on the over-unders of the win totals. It's not going to be easy for the AFC East. But, again, that's also probably why you should look into playing unders because two of those teams, for sure, their defense will travel, and they're not going to go down easy. So um, And that would be the, the Bills and the Patriots. So it's something to look into. You're not
0: talking about the Jets
1: and <laughs> no, the No, no, no. I'm not talking about the Jets. I mean, the Jets lost Adams. And, again, <laughs> I believe wholeheartedly that that team does not like Adam Gase. I don't like Adam Gase. So, um, I can imagine that the people who have to actually be around them all the time don't like them either. And and we've seen, man, especially with these young kids, man, that come into these teams. Like, the Jets have a relatively young team. And and then outspoken people like Le'Veon Bell, who, when he gets this grunt, of, he'll let you know. Like, it's not going to be a pretty thing if they turn on Gay. So, um, switching over to the AFC West. We've got the Broncos, the Chiefs, the Raiders, and the Chargers, excuse me, Broncos, and the Super Bowl
0: defending Chiefs. Heavy favorite to, yeah. to defend it, too. Wouldn't yeah. you agree?
1: Yeah, and and I will say this, because um, I'll say the same thing about the 49ers. There's always drop-off, man, when you go into the to next year. Repeating a championship in the NFL is probably... It's probably the most difficult sport to to really go back to back end. Um, and, I, and I think a lot of that is because of the wear and tear and the physical toll that it takes on your body. And, and just that grind of getting to the Super Bowl, winning it, and then you got to turn around and do it all over again. And people are even more hungry and motivated and, and even more physical. It, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. But I'm more optimistic of the Chiefs. Getting it done than I have been of any other team, not named the Patriots in years past. I I really believe that this is, or last year was their coming out party. Uh, Brady's reminds
0: me a lot of the Patriots when they first won the Super Bowl. Now, granted, they had that eight and eight year afterwards, then won two more. Though, I mean, they're set up. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Brady's out of the Out of the
1: conference, actually, so mm-hmm. Their their path to the Super Bowl Definitely got a lot easier Lamar's gotta
0: prove he can win a playoff game I mean, there's Yeah,
1: yeah so there's definitely a lot of key factors in there But the Broncos <clears throat> Broncos took a big hit Uh matter of fact, either today Or, or yesterday, when they lost Um They lost, um, man the <laughs> about <to> choke <laughs> When they lost my boy, um the defensive end which i'm drawing a blank um and i want to i keep wanting to say miles garrett because i keep thinking about miles garrett hitting my man upside the head but anyway von miller um is out for the season i think he has to have like uh ankle surgery or achilles surgery he hurt his hurt his ankle or something like that and it just came out yesterday um at least to me it just came out yesterday i I hadn't even heard that yeah he's he's out for the season um which is upsetting And I can Google it real quick to make sure I know exactly what happened. But typically when a defender is out, you know, um, it's not as big of a deal to the to the win total per se as it would be like the quarterback. Yes. Season ending ankle injury. But Von Miller is such an impactful player to that defense when he's on the field that um, it honestly will have a pretty detrimental um, place for them. I am hype about the Broncos. Because of Judy, because of Hamler, and because of uh, Drew Locke. I want to see what Drew Locke does. And John Elway has come out and said that Locke reminds him a lot of himself, and people were all in the uproar about it. But, um, I mean, his explanation of it made sense to me. I mean, obviously, Elway would know Elway better than anybody else. And he wasn't saying, like, Hall of Fame career. He was just saying, like, you know, his mentality and his approach to the game of basically having like no fear. Like we Elway was a gunslinger, you know, and he was definitely down to put the team on his back when he could. And, and you know, the, obviously the drive is one of the most iconic moments in uh, NFL history. So he was just saying like he likes the the qualities that Drew Lock has as a leader. How does that translate on the field? We don't know just yet, but if there was any stadium where home field
0: advantage really mattered, the Broncos definitely have that. Oh, that's a that's a very fair point. And they've really put together a nice offensive unit uh, around Drew Locke. I mean, not only do you have the Gordon signing at running back, I I think that uh, Lindsey is a, a very underrated now backup or, you know, B running back. You obviously have the great receiving core. Courtland Sutton had a really good yeah, year last year. Deshaun Hamilton has shown some moments. Obviously you had Judy. And for fantasy purposes, I think the breakout guy is Noah Fant, who really had some good games down the stretch last year. He seemed to get a little better, uh, you know, grasp on the playbook. And the big thing is now that they have all the speed and a little bit better run game than they did last year, it's just going to open up more work for Fant overall. I will tell you though, from for like a win-loss total, and I actually had them kind of a sleeper with two extra team making the playoffs. But that, I mean, the Von Miller thing, that hurts. I mean, you just look at what happened to the Texans last year, losing J.J. Watt, uh, and he's that kind of an impact player. I know he only had like six or seven sacks last year, but he's just a force. He's somebody you have to constantly be aware of where he's at and what he's doing on the defensive side of the ball, and that's going to be difficult for them to overcome. J. Jonah Watt is always hurt. So, I mean, they're always
1: able to play around that. I mean, he's literally hurt. Every single year, <laughs> but but uh, I, you know, you're right. And impact, especially for pass rushers, impact goes beyond sacks and and things like that. I mean, um, there's been games where Khalil Mack hasn't even so much as touched the quarterback, but he rushes the quarterback, he gets hurries, and uh, he's disruptive, and he gets pressures, and those things matter to me more than than just getting a sack. Like I mean, I, if you got in the backfield every single snap and you didn't get a sack, I would think you'd be more impactful than the person who just got two or three sacks in a game and you never heard from them again. So,
0: uh Bob Miller is definitely a big... Let's move on to the team in the West that I want. To- I'm excited about the Raiders, believe it or not. I think that they may be a sneaky team. Eh, I mean the Raiders and Broncos kind of go hand in hand, so we could just talk about them both
1: jointly. Uh, the uh-huh. Broncos are expected to win eight games, and the Raiders are actually expected to win seven and a half. So, yeah, they, they're joint teams. Now, if I, if I had to pick between the two, I mean, I gotta get Gruden to edge cause he's the edge because he's he's a better coach than Fangio has shown. But I mean. This Raiders hype is every single year, man, and they got no, a little that's studio. Not fair. They were
0: trashed last year, and they surprised a lot of people, including me. I will be the first to say that I said was not going to work. You've been too long out of the league, and I loved what they did. I think Josh Jacobs is a beast. They're going to do exactly what they did last year, where they're going to run the football a lot. And I think they've added some more offensive weapons. Darren Waller is a a perfect type tight end for somebody, uh, you know, like their quarterback. you got Hunter Renthrow. And then obviously Henry Ruggs, which I've heard they're going to play out of the slot a good bit, which shows that they know that to be effective, they can't allow Carr to throw down the field because that's not what he does. So they're going to try to get rid of the ball quickly run the football, play Gruden ball, and I just – the team was frisky last year. I like what I saw, and, and they've got a lot of guys coming back, and I like the pieces that they've added.
1: We're talking about Carr, and, and this dude, Gruden, is is big up in um, Mariota, so we don't even know if Carr's going to be well, – that's a fair <laughs> point. We don't even know how, how long Carr's going to be in the game. Now, I will say Carr is pretty terrible against the spread and in every angle that you could possibly look at. Uh, for gambling purposes. so backing him as a quarterback is pretty dangerous. Um, I will say I know I'm on record last year. the Raiders win total, I remember this very vividly was at six and a half and I said they would not get six and a half or six over six wins. They ended up with seven so they were one game better than I expected. Um, they were eight and eight against the spread. Um, what was good though, they were nine and0 oh, um, as an away team versus the AFC South. Against, guess, I guess in a underdog position. So that's pretty interesting. And I think that's a trend maybe over the last couple or over the last season and a half or so. So the book I'm using is from my bookie and it gives you four years statistical review. But then on over on the side. It's like a, a, a trend that they put in, I guess, to be positive, be negative. So there's some games where there's some teams where they're like over the last 16 games, et cetera, et cetera. So over the last nine away games versus the AFC South, they have been uh, 9-0. and So if you want to look at an angle um, against AFC South teams, I mean, they've got a couple of them on here. So definitely keep that in mind when they play teams like that. Um but at the end of the day, I still think the Broncos have the more talent on their team. But I just don't know if Vic can bring it out. So I I hesitate to say that I'm going to stick with the Broncos because I, I just sat here and talked about Gruden as a better coach. And coaching does definitely matter when you got these young players. But I'm going to stick to my guns and say that the Broncos would have a better season than the Raiders
0: this year. I, mean, I disagree, but I, I, it's you know, <laughs> it's not much. I mean, no, yeah, play, it's I'm talking fun. about one. I think the Raiders have a chance to go nine and seven, and that's going to get you in the playoffs this year with the extra playoff teams, almost definitely. Could you imagine the Raiders having that brand new stadium and they can't bring fans? That's got to be it's really weird. weird. And it's beautiful. I mean, I've been out to yeah. Vegas the last two years and seen it. You know, constructed. It's it's a really cool looking stadium. I can't wait to see the inside of it.
1: So Denver is not going to have fans for the season opener, but they will add fans after that. Um, a lot of teams are leaving it up to, or a lot of locales are leaving it up to the teams as far as like the cap on the percentage from what I saw, the highest percentage of fans allowed would be 25% by Jacksonville. And then Kansas city was going to allow 22% and Miami was going to allow 20% of their capacity. So, um, when we get to the or in Miami's case, that would be 13,000 um, at a home game. Jacksonville's 18,000 maxed out at a home game. Kansas City would be 14 and a half, roughly um, thousand fans. So um, when you get to those games, just keep that in mind, which, again, we talk about some fans not really mattering. I mean, Kansas City is, I guess, the way the stadium was designed. The fans kind of sit on top of you. I think Tom Brady has mentioned how it's been kind of hard to hear in the past, and and it's a difficult place to play. 14,000, 14,500 is still a lot. Um, And depending on where they're sitting and, and everything, it could be somewhat impactful. Can they
0: pipe in noise, you know, because the NBA's done that. Are to they going a lot the NFL, too? To my
1: understanding, I think it was discussed, but I'm not 100% sure what they agreed on. Again, if you tune in Sunday to our show, uh we'll have more I'll have more clarification on those types of things. But um I would think there's gotta be some some kind of way that they would regulate that. I mean the Colts have been piping in noise for years. <laughs> so they actually got I think they got in trouble for it at one point, but uh it would be interesting to see how they how they wanna do that. Cause I know in the NBA they did allow it and then they told them to like raise the level a little more. Um, And then I know in baseball they told them to raise it a little bit higher because people could hear what other teams were saying as far as, like, the trash-talking stuff, and it was causing fights. So they made it uh, a little louder. So I don't know how the NFL would do it because you can't trust everybody to follow the rules in the the NFL for sure. Um, So we got – we went through the Dolphins – I mean the uh, Raiders and the Broncos. We got the Hard Knocks LA Chargers left. Yeah, we got the Chargers and then we obviously got the defending champions, which we we could cover them both at the same time. I'm not very high on the Chargers, but that's just because Tyrod can only get you so far. But he is, I would say, I guess, to a degree, flash in the pan. Um, so uh, How many games do you think till Herbert starts? Till Herbert starts?
0: Yeah.
1: I think Tyrod gets at least past the bye week. Okay. At least past the bye week, which um, that would be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine games. He's got nine games. If they can go at minimum five and four in those nine games, he'll keep his job. He'll be fine.
0: And their but defense it, is going to be really good, I think, this year. I think they're yeah. going to be a sneaky defense. Well, the thing about the Chargers is has always been their health.
1: How right. healthy can they stay? Look, the Chargers were 13-5 and five straight up in 2018, 10-8 against the spread, and that was when they were probably the healthiest that they'd ever been, and that was pretty solid. But in 2019, they had injuries galore left and right, and they were 5-11, and 5-10. Look, if you can cover the spread over 54% of the time with Phillip Rivers as your quarterback, throwing the ball away
0: every fourth quarter, that's pretty good. But they were 2-9 and nine in one-score games. I mean, think about that. That's yeah. almost impossible to do. Yeah. If you followed our, um,
1: our weekly um, NFL podcast, you would hear me and Corey say every single week. It got so comical that uh, Ronnie would mock us because I would say, hey, look, guess what? It's going to be the fourth quarter. Phillip Rivers is going to have the ball. They're going to drive down the field. They're going to get within like 30 yards and he's going to throw an interception. They're going to lose. <laughs> and he pretty much did like every single time. Um, and I will bring that to Indianapolis with me. I'll have that same thing trust me. <laughs> but um, I think an- Anthony Lynn, this is it, man. This is, He's coaching for his job this year, uh, which is unfortunate because he really hasn't been all that awful, um, considering that his quarterback is a turnover machine in the clutch. But um if they can't stay healthy and and they were 0-6 last year straight up in their division. 0-6. You that I think that's the ultimate uh killer right there. They didn't win a division game last year, straight up. They didn't even cover the spread in the division last year. So a lot like I said, I attribute a lot of that to injuries and then just Phillip Rivers being Phillip Rivers. Um, they've got to tighten up this year. They gotta tighten up this year. Um Rolling into our defending champions. I mean, is there anything negative you can
0: say about Kansas City? I was going to say, I would take the over and just about everything. I'd be taking the over in most of their games. I know, what is it, 11 or 11.5, 11 their win total. Uh I think what I saw was eleven and a half. I'm gonna double check one more time. I'd take the over in that. I am so big on the Chiefs this year. I think barring an injury to Patrick Mahomes, which, you know, God forbid that does not happen. I mean, they they I've heard several people say that Clyde Edwards, their running back, is similar to Brian Westbrook in many ways. It's why Andy Reid, who never drafts running backs early. In an NFL draft, leap to take this guy. You got guys like Nico Hardman who, you know, showed some flashes last year. I think he's going to be more of a presence this year. Uh, They've got Kelsey now signed to a big contract. And I just, again, we talked about, or I mentioned how everything I've read has said the defenses are going to be the ones that are strained, that they just say, haven't had as much time. It's going to be difficult for defenses, and offenses that have familiarity are going to, you know, basically have an advantage. Well, the Chiefs are going to have an advantage, not to mention all these weapons, and Patrick Mahomes, was so good as you know his first year starting, took another leap last year, won the Super Bowl, and I would not be surprised if he takes another leap this year. Uh, he's one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen from a physical talent standpoint. He's got one of the best coaching offensive minds that you know in the last two, three decades. There's not much to you know dislike about the chiefs and I mean their defense almost can't be worse than what it was last year. And they won the Super Bowl. So I, I'm just a. I'm all in on the Chiefs. Fantasy purposes, I'm taking the over on their win total. I'm probably going to be taking the over in most of their games. And uh, they would be my obviously favorite to win the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you can't go wrong with the Chiefs, man. I, I, again, another team that's just a darling against the spread. Uh, I mean, obviously, straight up, they're going to be good, but you're not going to get much value on straight up. But the Chiefs. Covered the spread last year. 14 out of 19 games. That is legendary. You can't get any better than that. 14 out of 19 games. Um, And the over hit 1, 2, 3, 4,
0: 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 times. And this is a a team that you knew the overs were high anyway because they were one of the high power offenses in the league. And they still went over that many times. Yeah, and and um,
1: a lot of it too, man. Like I remember again vividly, and I'm not trying to keep boosting the uh, the NFL, you know, preview you show. Should but, boost, but i just saying, but I'm just saying, listen there's, there's to a, it. a lot, there's a lot of stuff that that um, I remember last year about a lot of these teams, especially from a gambling aspect. And I will never forget me ranting about how if Patrick Mahomes. Can throw for 300 yards in the fucking wind and the snow. He walks on water. And I said, these, like, I've seen a lot of football. And I'm telling you, 99.9% of people offensively with their schemes change in weather like I saw. I mean, they were literally playing in, like, six seven inches of yeah Yeah. and he still threw for like 300 and something yards and multiple touchdowns and Tyreek Hill is still streaking
0: across the field they were down 14 points in every playoff game and came back and won this team is scary man
1: and so with that being said I mean Andy Reid is one of the one of the best coaches uh especially when he's been with Kansas City uh as far as his um Action against the spread in his win. total. he's 82 and 40 straight up. seventy-one fifty and one against the spread. And this is with Alex Smith as his quarterback for a long time. Any great ho- openers and coming off a of buy too? Oh, yeah. I mean, off the bye, he's a legend in himself, too. I, I mean, I think everybody bets him off a bye. Um, I don't know the exact um, – I don't know his exact record, but you can look it up um, when you're off the podcast, anybody. Um, but it's just – Absolutely incredible. Um, he's twelve and one on a, in away games off back to back straight up wins versus opponents who are better than five hundred. So he he beats good teams. It ain't like he's just feasting on 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 crappy teams. He's doing he's doing good work against good teams. He's actually is the over is ten and two in his last twelve games against opponents with a five hundred or better win. That's that's insane. Like so again, this ain't like they just beat up on bad teams. Um, and straight up in the last four years, he was twelve and five, ten and seven, thirteen and five, and then fifteen and four. Healthy trend. Um, a team on the up and up. He's thirteen and seven in uh, season openers. Okay, so you know. Yeah. So again, some something that honestly, I I know. Uh, Patriot fans got mad last year when it was brought up. But, I mean, it, it's got to be said, if there was a team to restart a dynasty or the next dynasty that you, or somebody that you were thinking about being the next dynasty, this would definitely be the team. Um, now, with that being said, we have to see how they come out and play again because anything can happen. Um, I hate the term any given Sunday, but it is somewhat true.
0: Um, People get fat and happy, right? Yeah, That's kind of what you're getting through
1: with the if, team. Um, and if for some reason – there is a key injury or something to patty depending on how long he's out because he was out what four games last year i think Mm yeah so it just kind of depends um exactly uh when and where he gets hurt um now as far as their strength of schedule i am curious to see that and i'm going to look that up real quick kansas city is ranked 19th um Joe. Jesus.
0: Yeah, <laughs> take the over,
1: guys. <laughs> <laughs> just, that's kind of crazy. They come off a of Super Bowl and they get the 19th easiest schedule.
0: Um, that just shows how important it is what division you draw but
1: each th- year. Yeah. So they're nine and a half right now. Um, and the Texans are kind of in the same boat as a lot of um, a lot of what I said about the Patriots in the sense that they've got a lot of new parts. I'm not sure how much chemistry um, Watson's going to have with a lot of these new parts. Like He's got Cook. He's got uh, both Johnsons, Duke Johnson and um, DJ from um, Arizona that they picked up. He's still got Fuller, and I think there's somebody else that I'm missing out there. But Oh, Randall Cobb. He's got Randall Cobb, too. So, I mean— I made a joke like, yo, if this was 2014, 15, or obviously he was in college in 2014, if this was like maybe four years ago and, and Watson is as good as he is now, this team would be nasty, honestly, but it's not. And a lot of these guys got wear and tear. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how it works, but they're going against a Kansas City Chiefs team that has expectations to be the next dynasty. Like, I mean, literally... Only thing standing in their way was the Patriots. And if anybody's pissed, it's probably Big Ben, because he's had to fight these dudes most of his career. Finally gets rid of Tom Brady. Now he's got to go against Patrick Mahomes. So he's probably super pissed. But um, I think they know the expectations. and he typically doesn't have. Um, slouch games, expect, like you said, against in openers for sure. He doesn't have. Slouch. I would say
0: too, also with the exception of the Patriots a few years against the Chiefs. Don't, I mean, the Super Bowl uh, teams are like have an unbelievable record, right, on the opening game. Yeah. Raising the banner. Yeah.
1: Now I will say they hosted the Houston Texans last year at home and lost. That was um, without Mahomes. Um, through, so yeah, during the regular season, and yeah, that, I think that was without Mahomes, and then. We all know about what they did to them in the in the um, divisional. Uh, play spotted out. them twenty one yeah. and said no. Spotted them like yeah, spotted them <laughs> like twenty something and then beat them by twenty, uh, which one of the most buffoonish play calls I've ever seen in in coaching history. Take
0: the points.
1: Oh, I didn't want to go into that, but anyway, um, I like the Chiefs to cover here. I know it's a, it's the first game, it's the opener. Uh, But nine and a half is really nothing to a team that knows how to put the ball in the end zone. And that's what you're betting on. The Chiefs score. That is how they beat people. And it's not just because the offense is good. The Ravens have a good offense. They get down the field, but they don't finish touchdowns like the Chiefs do, which is why the Colts used to be such a, a pain in everybody's ass. But the Patriots, because they would always turn seven into seven and not settle for three. With that being said, I expect that to continue. Um, obviously, the the running back from uh, LSU is going to be a key cog in his offense. Everybody's really excited about to see him play. Um, it has to be reported that they did lose um, their running back uh, due to COVID concerns, and he's taking care of his mom or something like that. So it's understandable uh, why he decided to opt out this season. But the running back that they drafted uh, out of LSU is is going to be a problem, going to be a problem. So yeah, give me give me the Chiefs to cover. Uh, they're at 11 and a half, um, wins, and this is regular season wins, so it doesn't count for playoffs. 11 and a half in this division for sure. They're gonna they're gonna go six and in this division again, um, and then out out of the division they got the the Panthers, the
0: Jets the I'd Buc- be shocked if they don't win 13 games like Dolphins, I really would yeah. if, if Mahomes doesn't get hurt I would be shocked they don't win 13 yeah yeah they've,
1: they've got some easy out of division games so shouldn't be a problem um so rolling into our next division and I guess to recap that because we did do a lot of talking about um the other teams. to recap that Chiefs all day every day and twice on Sunday. And then keep an eye on the Chargers, and I know you're, high, you're higher on the Raiders than I am, and I'm higher on the Broncos than you are, so um, just keep an eye on those other teams. There, there may be some value in there,
0: but... In I might life, even look at the Raiders' playoff odds to make the playoffs. <laughs> I'm not that crazy, there's but... There's an extra team, you gotta remember, there's an there, extra team, there, 97 gets you team. in. I know, there's an extra team... But I don't know if that extra team is coming out of... The AFC South's not great. Uh, I think that you can make an argument that the AFC North has maybe two teams, but they're going to beat up on each other. I mean, the AFC East doesn't look that strong. There, there's definitely a spot for an AFC West team to get in there. It's just, would it be the Broncos or you know potentially the Raiders?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's that extra spot, so there's always a, a variable, but... I just, I just have concerns, <laughs> and that's just me being, I guess, pessimistic on the Raiders. But again, and I'm probably, probably
0: you being the gambling guru and maybe yeah, say, the sucker amateur, so. This is this is
1: 2020, and this is my disclaimer <laughs> for anybody that's still listening. This is my disclaimer. 2020, anything can happen, and it primarily has. So it's DJ's because, law. Yes, yeah, DJ's law, which is the opposite of Murphy's law. So. Definitely, if you feel like you want to take a shot at something, take a shot at it. Um, We'll go to the AFC North. uh, Division is near and dear to me. Uh, I mean, honestly, it's it's shut up and and show up for the Ravens this year. I think everybody kind of knows that literally the Ravens have to win playoff games. Like they've they've squandered a lot of opportunity over the last um, two years, primarily last year. In a time when everybody pretty much thought that they were making that next step. And then they kind of got undercut by the Chiefs, which didn't necessarily happen by the Chiefs directly. It came in the form of the Tennessee Titans undercutting them. But, I, I mean, you have to think that Baltimore felt some kind of way watching the uh, the um, Chiefs hoist the trophy at the end of the year when a lot of people, um, including myself, almost thought it was going to be just a matter of when for Baltimore again.
0: My best uh, moment from the playoffs was guaranteeing the Titans were going to beat them. Yeah, and just to double back on that,
1: this is going to be something that they have to figure out this year. The Ravens didn't necessarily play that awful in that game. They just didn't score touchdowns when they needed to. And All year long, all year long, they were like one of the top three scoring offenses all year long. And just in that particular game, I think a lot of it had to do with them having to play from behind, That's um, the and being by, yeah, being behind the, the sticks on on third and longs and things like that, and not really having that developed of a passing game. And it's not about, um, it's not all about Lamar. A lot of it's also got to do with the play calling and the designs. I mean, they never. Yeah, he really had like happened. almost 450 yards. Yeah, he, I think he had thing. almost 500 total yards of offense together if you counted the passing and the running but they didn't put the ball in the end zone. So um, that's something that they're just going to have to be more consistent with and particularly through the air, um, which does include Lamar at that point. But also, again, play design and play calling, they've got to trust him more. He's got to show more. They've got to become a more complete team. Um, Defensively, they're going to be there. We always expect them to, to show out defensively. Um, they got J.K. Dobbins uh in the draft, which I think he'll be a major player uh going forward. I don't know how much mileage he he uh had on him in, in college, but typically these Ohio State backs, um honestly in the last what three, four years, when they come out, they come out heavy. They come out swinging man, and, and they do really good things. So um I expect Dobbins
0: to, to be and Harbaugh happy. will find a way to use yeah. him. Yeah, like if it's not just running, you know, out of the backfield catching passes, you name it. Instant impact for sure.
1: Um, they also have somewhat of a revenge game factor going into uh, Week One because last year the Cleveland Browns came to Baltimore and waxed them boys, man, beat them uh, forty to twenty-five, and that was Week that was Week Four, and that was after that was after they lost to Kansas City so um they've got somewhat of a of a motivating first game and i i don't know exactly i don't know exactly what to expect from baltimore but i expect them to to be
0: consistent enough to win at least 12 games this year uh, i i I could see it. The only thing that scares me, and we'll we'll get to that team, I'm sure, next, is I think the Steelers, if Big Ben is even 75% of what he was two years ago, are going to be a real threat to them this year. Uh, And I think they're going to probably need to beat Pittsburgh twice uh, to get to 12 wins because we know they're going to play the Chiefs right. They're going to play the Patriots. They're going to play some difficult teams because they won their division Uh, that's the only thing that would concern me. I definitely think they're a playoff team. I definitely think they're a contender for the title. Uh, I think the big thing, right, is they got to prove that they can stop the run. If you look at almost every game that they lost last year, including the playoff game, uh, on top of the issues you talked about where they just got to score touchdowns, they also just got gashed against the run Tennessee gashed them uh with rushing yards San Francisco who uh they ended up losing that game right or did they end up winning it I can't remember the Uh, game. they ended up winning at the last they did win but I know that San Francisco got a ton of rushing yards against them in that game uh that's going to be a big key this year to you know Baltimore because you got to remember they're in a division with Nick Chubb Joe Mixon I expect James Conner to have a bounce back year uh that would be my concern with the ravens uh you know for getting the over on that
1: yeah um honestly it's it's an optimistic overview um in my in my mind um they were 10 and 6 against the spread last year uh, again healthy 14 and 3 straight up um the over hit 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 times out of 16 games relatively healthy training you just probably have to be more systematic thing about the the Ravens is that they ran the ball a lot last year so the clock kept moving uh something to keep in mind this year I don't think they'll stray too far from that but I will say in my experience with Greg Roman the second the second year once that honeymoon is over he tries to get more um pass happy he did that with Kaepernick. I'm not sure how he'll do that with um Lamar or if that's even an option. I feel like John could probably bring it in more than than Jim did. So um if need be, we know John will definitely fire him and, and take over the uh the, the play callers. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh And they have a stop. lot of uh, you know, returning both players and coaching. Again, not to sound like a broken record, but they're saying it's a big deal this year to have familiarity with your coaching staff, your offensive, defensive sides of the ball. They're another team that has a lot of that returning.
1: Yeah, for sure. And they picked up uh, Kalias Campbell, uh five time Pro Bowl defensive lineman, for basically a bag of chips and <laughs> a two piece. A dude.
0: Yeah, a like, bag of chips.
1: Dumbass Jacksonville, man, which will I'll definitely rant on that um, on uh, Sunday. But yeah, so. Ravens, um, seven-and-a-half point favorites to the Cleveland Browns. Is that mean, in Cleveland or at Baltimore? It's it's at Baltimore. Um, no fans allowed in Baltimore. Um, it's just until further notice to my knowledge, but as of right now, no fans.
0: I'd probably take Cleveland to cover. That's, that's a lot of points. I think Cleveland's got a lot to prove, and so, they've got to be better with their coaching situation this year than last year. So here's my thing with taking Cleveland to cover. It's this
1: coach's first this is Coach's first game. I mean, first
0: game on the road against a Yeah, if they Minnesota. give it to Nick Chubb enough with yeah. the Ravens issues, I could I just see them keep it. I think the Ravens win, but I think it's close. I mean, even if they give it to Chubb, I mean with Campbell in the game now,
1: man, I, I really I mean he's a game changer. A lot's gonna change uh with him up front and It'll be interesting to see. I don't know if I can back a coach with zero, 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 zero against the spread and straight up in his first game on the road. Uh, I mean, it's kind of rolling the dice a little. We know the talent that they have on the team, but like, what system are they going to run? Um, and when did they implement? And how much time have they had to work on that? Uh, Odell Beckham's in the news. <laughs> for, for crap like literally for crap and um so you could say that any year <laughs> yeah so it's just hard to i mean miles garrett has is, is come out and, and he's in the news you know not it's not a negative thing per se but i mean it's just kind of like a trend of news about the browns is less about football and more about some some off the field issue or or um, some kind of like distraction per se. Like you don't hear a lot of reports about like, oh, they look good doing this, look good doing that, coming out of camp. It's just Miles Garrett thought about retiring. Odell Beckham likes girls to shit on him. You know, <laughs> like it's like what in the world is going on? And and the scariest thing is that we still haven't even gotten to Baker Mayfield yet, and he's usually the wildest one or the one that's talking the most on Twitter. So maybe maybe he he'll be ready to turn his
0: game around, but. Um, even if they're smart, there's going to be a lot of Kareem Hunt, a lot of Nick Chubb. They didn't do that last year, which to me was just insane, considering I think Chubb, fantasy-wise, could be the top running back this year uh, in fantasy football and rushing yards and touchdowns. Obviously, that's not including, you know, pass-catching yards, but Chubb is a freight train. I think him and Hunt are going to be a really nasty one-two combination, uh, I, I could see Cleveland definitely covering and uh, It's going to depend on Baker for their success for the entire season
1: Yeah, and and one thing about them too. Also, I didn't mention they they lost Grant Delpit uh, from LSU Um, which is unfortunate because he was going to be a major player on their defense and in their scheme, I think So they they already started out with with an injury to one of their key rookies um I'm not sure where they're going to put Jedrick Wills, um, but he's a rookie. He's a tackle. I want to say they're putting him on the right side, but I could be wrong. Um, I I would think they would put him on the right side. I don't think you want a rookie left tackle uh, to block for your quarterback that's already got the yips. Um, Jedrick is, is nice. He's from Alabama, but it's also something you should consider that the Browns did kind of revamp their uh their offensive line. So they definitely have the size now. Um I think they got Conklin um from from Tennessee. I think they added him this year. They did. Jack yeah, Conklin, so, and, Jedrick and, and Willis. He, and Conklin's typically uh known to be a, a mauler. Um so again, you were talking about Chubbs. They definitely got the line to run behind them more. But again, until until I see right. something, I'm gonna yes, probably I'm gonna probably buy the hook here and and take the Ravens uh, to win by a touchdown. If it doesn't happen, I'll probably have slander for Lamar. But it's not. I don't think it'll be a game that I would target as one of my picks for my super contest or anything oh, like yeah, that. Oh yeah, for sure. No. But I if don't I, think- yeah, but if I had the pick, I'm definitely gonna um, roll with the with the Ravens in this scenario. All
0: right, so the Steelers. Steelers. All Their right, defense so is- was so good last year down the stretch. I think that they had the worst case year with the injuries with Connor. Uh, Smith Schuster had kind of a weird year, which obviously Big Ben played a big role in. Do you agree that if Big Ben is just, you know, like 80% of what he was in 2018, which people forget, he had a really good year, is this team a legit, like, you know, threat in the AFC? Um,
1: I don't think so because I'm not, I'm not sold on Juju being a, a dominant playmaker by himself. I mean, if they can, if Connor could stay healthy and they could, um, See, I'm big
0: on Johnson, too, though, their other receiver. He was really good down the stretch. And, again, I think that, you know, Big Ben has proven over and over in his career that he kind of makes these receivers or the Steelers' offense. You know, who knows what it is, but they just seem to, you know, print these guys out. And I think both of those guys are pretty talented. And the big thing is that defense, man, was so good down the stretch once they made the Fitzpatrick trade. Uh, you know, they got T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree. Um, you know, maybe I'm bigger on them than most people. And, again, I know all of this depends on Big Ben because if it's Mason Rudolph or Doug Hodges at quarterback, that's not going to uh, equate to a big thing. But I believe they're over-under. Is that nine wins correct? Um, For the Steelers, uh, Westgate has them at nine-and-a-half. Ooh, I liked them at nine. Nine I was definitely over – uh, well, I guess nine and a half, same thing. I, I still think they get the ten wins. I think they're definitely a playoff team. Uh, if Big Ben is healthy and you know makes it through the season. Uh, the
1: defense is super athletic. Uh, really fast too, and and that's kind of been their theme for a while now. Um, I want to say since they drafted Shazier, um, it's just been like a team of like speedsters in the box, and then um, just heavy hitters around around them in the secondary. So um, I'm not really sure if there's anything the Steelers do really good like lately. So 2018, 2019 are the only two years I've seen them without the, the killer bees, And it's not necessarily uh, Super Bowl contending football. I'll put it that way. It's winning football in some aspect. But it's not Super Bowl contending football, if you get what I'm saying. And some of the and and some of that in 2018 was that their defense was really young and transitioning. Um, and then in 2019 we saw the defense step up, but then the offense took a step back due to injury. So this will be the year where technically everything should be coming together. And I I would feel so much more confident if it was Le'Veon Bell and A. B. coming back with Big Ben than it was Juju and
0: um and James Conner. I'm just not sold on them, man. I mean, they'll make... I like the I think, Eric Ebron signing, though, too. I think that's going to help them out a little bit because so, they, they really haven't had a tight end throughout the last couple of years.
1: I hate Ebron. I think is soft. He plays when he wants to play, and he ain't trying to block, and he ain't trying to get hit. So what are you here for? <laughs> like, <laughs> to I catch passes. The, yeah, to catch passes in the red zone when, it, when it's convenient for him. Like, I... I Ebron has so much, like, natural talent and and size, and I was so hyped on him when he was at North Carolina and coming into the league. I just knew he was going to be a dominant, like, red zone threat, but also, like, able because he's athletic. So able to, like, to me, like a younger Antonio Gates, like not necessarily that same high level of production, but with that kind of ability. Like, he can jump higher than all the secondary people that would be guarding him he's got a big enough body he can fight off all the linebackers and stuff trying to guard him he was supposed to be better than what he is and at this point he's been floated around a lot in people's game plans but it's just never come to fruitation that he's like like the guy that he should be it's just to me one big disappointment so maybe he can turn around in Pittsburgh um and I, and I know they'll tr- definitely try to find a way to use him but I I only like again. It's just it's just not a team that I'm convinced is a Super Bowl contending team. But I think they can win the playoffs. I think they'll disrupt some in the division. But in my mind, they're competing for second place with the um with the Cleveland Browns. Was that was that too negative? (laughs) No.
0: Uh, but, but, we're, we're, but, but, we're
1: allowed to disagree Yeah, one thing that you will get from them though If they are 100% healthy Is Big Ben will let that thing go And and they will definitely try to put points up on the board I look more at them to cover Again, the angle that I took against the, um, against the uh, With the Bills and covering against poor teams I kind of take that angle But one other thing too that you got to know about Historically with the Steelers under Mike Tomlin they have been heckle and uh heckle <laughs> Jekyll, Jekyll. Jekyll Jekyll and Hyde they've been it's been I've been talking too long but it's been they've been Jekyll and Hyde a lot um and and it's somewhat of a difficult team to really understand because the games um against the spread and it's typically on the road so in 2016 um on the road against the spread they were 5 and 3 in 2017, they were three and four. 2018, they were 0-3 and one. In 2019, one, two and one. So again, a team on the road that has been trending down against the spread, and and that's to me that's a just a Tomlin thing, man. Like just historically, and going back to even when they had AB and Le'Veon, just haven't been that great against the spread on the road. But an excellent against the spread home team. Um, they've only not covered the spread um at home shoot, uh, within the division, they've they've never uh, missed covering the spread. And then in home field in general, they've been pretty decent with it when they were healthy. So just keep an eye on them, a team that I would bet week to week, nobody I would invest in for the season. Um, and last year I think – or actually I think I got the Steelers to beat the Ravens both games, but that was just me talking – I'm not 100% convinced on that. So don't nobody follow that. It was just me messing with Zynga. But I, again, a team that I think will be competing for second in that division. Bengals, do we even have to touch on the Bengals?
0: Is there any value in the Bengals? I don't I really just want to say I'm very excited to see Joe Burrow because they do have some interesting offensive pieces. I think their defense is going to be trash. But that's even going to be more reason that for not gambling, you know, perspective of, you know, what we normally talk about. But for fantasy, I've taken Burrow in a lot of drafts late. I also really like some of his receiving core options. uh, And I just not A.J. Green, by the way, because he's going too high. But the rest of the guys I like um, and I, I could easily see. Uh, some of the Bengals guys being, you know, top tier fantasy options this year because they're going to be down a lot. uh, They're going to be throwing a lot. And uh, it's something that could lead to some fantasy victories, both in daily and potentially, uh, you know, for season stuff. I really like Boyd. There's been a lot of reports that him and Burrow have a really good connection. They've been working on it. And I just think about all those dimes Burrow threw to all those speedy receivers that they had at LSU. If he has times and late in games, I could see Boyd and some of the other receivers having big years. But that's all, not really any. They're, they're going to be bad.
1: Yeah, I would take a DFS angle from for the Bengals um, week to week, maybe looking at Burrow. Uh, Boy, Tyler Boyd is my guy. I love a good solid route runner, and that's what he is. And he's tough. Um, as long as AJ Green stays on the field, he should uh, be able to exploit more matchups. Uh, John Ross, if he could ever learn how to catch, oh, man. Um, I love him. Yeah. I love them in Washington. I love them in Washington, but he's gotta learn how to catch. Uh, Mixon also is a solid offensive weapon as well. So again, yeah, you're right. Uh, I mean, if you're looking at a DFS angle, uh, those would be the guys. Like I would just. Hinge on the offense. Um, I'm trying to think. Did we miss anything? I we guess get it, the hips, We gotta get the Yeah, hips, so. yeah. I know we got one more, di- one more uh, division. Oh,
0: about this division.
1: Yeah. Sorry. I guess for this division, I would say keep an eye on what you get out of the Browns. Again, another week to week team because they got a brand new coach. Uh, there's nothing positive uh, from a gambling aspect with the Bengals unless you're looking at point totals and. And that offense may be sneaking in some extra points. Uh, and then with the Steelers, again, another week-to-week team, just because, I mean, they, they've got talent, but I just don't think it's Super Bowl contending talent or or a team you expect to see make a deep playoff run. But we'll have to wait and see. Big Ben isn't like a slouch by any means, but how much is left of him to, to kind of carry a team and lead a team um, to, to bigger and better. And then with the Ravens, A team you could probably depend on more often than not to cover the spread. I do like them um, to win by a touchdown or more against the Browns in their first game because the Browns have a brand new coach. Uh, But if there was an opportunity or position where there could be a letdown, it would probably be against a division opponent. And I mean, barring something crazy happening, I, I don't really see how they could lose it. You know, but in the NFL, these things happen sometimes, like with these teams that are familiar with one another. So, um, like I said, it's not something I'm going to put on my um, on my super contest. But if I had to pick, I would side with the Ravens on Sunday. So we've got one last division, a trash division. (laughs) It might be a trash division, but Quentin Nelson plays in this division. You won't say that to his face. So. Um, oh, I wouldn't
0: say that to any of these guys' face. Almost everybody on an NFL roster kicked my ass. I'm just saying I'm these just teams are rough, Quentin, dude. Quentin <laughs> Nelson is an animal. But we'll start with the
1: team I love to hate, with the player I love to hate. Shout out to Corey, my man, the Houston Texans, and Deshaun, I'm not a scrambling quarterback, Watson. All right. So I hate Bill O'Brien. I've got nothing good to say about Bill O'Brien. I think Bill O'Brien is one of the worst coaches in the NFL.
0: Not he's very good definitely, either.
1: Definitely one of the worst GMs in the NFL. I don't understand how he still has a job. I don't understand how he's got the keys to this team. If he could just focus on coaching, maybe he would be okay. But it is, it's obvious that he honestly doesn't understand how this is supposed to work. He doesn't understand clock management. He does yeah. understand a lot of things. And, and I mean, Andy Reid doesn't understand clock management either, but, God damn it, he can coach football. Uh, I, I don't know, man. Like, the Texans, again, another frustrating team that, honestly, what do they do good? And what will they do good this year? Like, last year, what they They'll did. They rely on Deshaun Watson.
0: That's about
1: yeah. it. Last year, they were 11-7 and seven, straight up. They were 8-9 and one against the spread. And, and to me, and – me personally, when I bet on them last year, they were more let down than anything in mm-hmm. spots that traditionally they would come in and cover. Uh, they used to be a sneaky team um, off the numbers. So at like four or at like eight and things like that, like numbers that you typically like either lose by one score. Like they were pretty good at covering that one score. But last year it just was not clicking. It wasn't working. Um I think they're a fragile team. I mean, Randall Cobb has injury history. Uh, Johnson has injury history. Uh, Cooks has injury history. And these are your weapons that you're putting around your quarterback. I, I just, I'm just not very optimistic about this team. And I don't, I don't think they're going to cover uh, against the Chiefs in the first week. Um, I have reservations of how long they're going to maintain health. Yeah, safety. they're over
0: under seven and a half.
1: Yeah, and, and I think a lot of that is because there's anticipation that people are going to get hurt. Watson did get his deal, which is great for him, but I mean, if if his left tackle... You might was, make a business decision now, is what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I would. I mean, I would have made the business decision of not signing with this team, but I, I, <laughs> he, he's been so loyal to this franchise. He's admirable, and he is a good guy. He's a great guy. I love to build. watch the Sean yeah,
0: Watson.
1: His, so his story is great and everything, so I mean, I I totally get it. I'm not trying to bash the kid. The hate is just uh, an ongoing thing between me and Corey. But it's just unfortunate that I feel like his talent is going to get wasted. And I feel Mm -hmm. like this is a wasted season. You can't depend on J.J. Watt to play 16 games. He definitely ain't going to play 16 with this type of team around him. Mm -hmm. But there will be spots where they will compete. I will say that there will be spots where they will compete. I just don't know looking at the schedule exactly when and where that would be. They open on the road against Kansas City, and then they host Baltimore. That's two tough games, two tough games against playoff teams, um, playoff-bound teams with a with mission in, in mind. So we're going to see early what they're made of, and, and that doesn't necessarily define their season, those first two games, but it'll give you an idea of where they are. Um, as far as what their potential ceiling would be, um, Houston has a relatively tough schedule. They are number nine, um, in the strength of schedule. I think
0: the whole entire AFC South is going to have fairly tough schedules, if I remember correctly. It's, no, it's still honestly the AFC
1: East, man. And the, the AFC East with the Niners and Falcons sprinkled in between. Lucky us. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah, so um and we'll cover NFC tomorrow. But um yeah, so when we get to that, we'll explain that too. But yeah, I'm not I'm not too high on the Texas, so I'm not gonna um I'm not gonna be tripping off of this team or, or spend a lot of time there. I Come do on, wanna man.
0: say that they have a team that if everything goes right health-wise, I could see them winning the division. I really could. I mean, partly it's because I don't have a ton of faith in any of the teams in this division, but, I mean, I could see a world where Randall Cobb and Brandon Cooks and David Johnson, you know, they've kind of rebuilt the offensive line, which, God almighty, they've tried to kill Deshaun Watts in the last few seasons, but he's gotten better each and every year, uh, and these are weapons that I actually think could be good around them, but you made the point of none of these guys are healthy. And so you're taking a huge risk by taking any overs, at least from a future standpoint, uh, with the Texans. Because, I mean, if David Johnson and Brandon Cooks go down in the first month, which could easily happen, I mean, then what do you do? You don't have DeAndre Hopkins anymore, and you don't have a ton of depth at those positions So I'm with you on this. If I was forced to make a pick, uh, I would probably take the under uh, on the Texans for the season. Obviously, as I told you, I'd take the Chiefs to cover week one all day, every day.
1: Yeah, and and one thing you need to note, too, um, DeAndre Hopkins, by himself, I think combined for more of a percentage of catches, usage in general, Than the other like next two or three receiving options on the field combined. So like by one like him by himself. We didn't even mention Will
0: Fuller, who was another guy who was always always
1: hurt. Yeah. So again, it's it's a big loss for them and something that you honestly have to be uh, a little concerned
0: about. Played at least.
1: Yeah. So um, a team that struggles like that typically is good for overs. Um, or a team that you just don't really know, um, and overs as in like point totals. So just keep an eye on some of those games. Um, again, I don't even know what to expect from them on defense, man. Like just a team that has been gutted by poor decisions by their GM slash coach. Um, moving over to the Indianapolis Colts, who picked up Phillip Rivers. Big Are Clash, they the favorite Rivers.
0: in the division? They most definitely are not. Um, okay. they, they I might, just want to make sure, because I yeah. saw for the over-under, that they're with the Titans for the most,
1: and yeah, I just I, wanted
0: to make sure that wasn't the case.
1: Yeah, and and that's probably because of the name, Phillip Rivers, but come okay. on, let's be real. <sighs> let's be real. Titans, Titans just got clowny. And I expect him to terrorize this entire division unless he's going against the Colts. And that's because Quentin Nelson eats him for lunch. If you don't know Quentin Nelson, he's the best offensive lineman in the league to watch. He's just incredible. He's a monster. I can't speak enough about him. Um, and he probably should get more kudos than what he does. But he's gaining traction. And he will make sure Phillip Rivers is at least protected on his side. Um they did get Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. Not a big fan of picking up backs with that kind of usage in college, but well, especially again, with all the
0: backs they already have. I mean they well, had
1: two good backs last
0: year and Hines and Mac.
1: Yeah, Mac was pretty solid, but He was really I think, good. I think there were some consistency issues with it, and then I don't know what his mileage was or ages. Um they I mean, named
0: Mac the starter, which was a little surprising yes. today.
1: Yeah, so um one thing about the Colts though is they have talent. It's just they another team. Like my man Ty uh, T Y Hilton always hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> always hurt. And he's literally like all of their offense. So um if they could just get it together, get healthy, they could potentially compete for what I think would be second place. Um because the Jags are Jags That's are trash. gonna start again, and then the Texans are, are less talented.